You can do it. Yes, you can. I'm Bree Pruitt. Help me understand. Your trouble, your struggle, I'll build you up. I'm Bree Pruitt. You're my buttercup. You're listening to You Can Do It with Bree Pruitt, the weekly pep talk podcast for all the things we struggle with. I'm your host, Bree Pruitt, coming to you live from the studio in Glendale, California, the traditional land of the Tongva, Tatapiam, and Chumash people. I'm sending all my energy <laughs> to you good and gentle listeners. Oh, good and gentle listeners. I hold you in my heart. Come on in the episode. Have a seat. Welcome to the episode. Sit down on this rattan chair with like a floral cushion on it. So light and lovely, this rattan. Rattan, you know, akin to a bamboo, but a rattan. It probably is bamboo, right? Is rattan a different tree? It doesn't matter. It's a furniture. It's tree bent into shapes of furniture. And you can sit on it and feel like you're on the set of the Golden Girls under the lanai. Welcome to the episode, everybody. We're having a fantastic Mercury retrograde. (laughs) This is not an astrology podcast, but we must acknowledge Mercury retrograde for this is a communication platform and communication is under attack. More to come. On Mercury Retrograde, but I do have to say um, there was a mention about sound quality in the previous episode with Aston Wallace. It is being addressed as we can. Uh, we have a fantastic guest on this episode of Miss Monica Nevy, who also has a little bit of sound issues, but just at the top. We really pushed through it. Um, it's a pretty good sounding episode, IMO. We had a great conversation. The content is what matters, in my opinion, and we are... Here in Mercury Retrograde together. So let's just sally forth, shall we? Monica was a fantastic guest. We had a fantastic conversation about asking for stuff. Asking directly to put your hand in front of someone and say, please, sir, I would like more of something you have. We talk about gatekeepers in this comedy industry. Um, And again, you know, again, and for the first time, Monica is a fantastic comedian. I was so pleased to have her. We have known each other for some time. She was based in Seattle, Tacoma, and has just taken the world by storm. She tours a lot. She's put out a meditation album, which we describe, where she gets into in great detail, and also uh, several comedy albums and specials. So you gotta follow Monica Nevy and... Uh, you got to follow this conversation. We talk about sports, you know. I sometimes refer to myself in jest to be a big sports guy. Monica is actually a sports person. <laughs> she was an athlete. And she remains like a person who acts and and carries herself in an athletic demeanor, frankly. And it's very cool to know someone like that and not be, you know, bullied by them like I was. Um, but she, I wasn't really bullied, it, you know, a little bit, it just snide shit. I was much smarter than them. Anyway, <laughs> if you're listening and you went to Clackamas High School, you know what you did. Um, okay, so we had a great conversation. Gatekeepers, I mean, she is so prolific that um, the fact that she has struggles with this is, you know, 
something you got to hear if that's something you struggle with yourself. So hopefully that resonates with you. Stay tuned for that conversation. What's happening right now? Well, I am in pumpkin spice latte heaven. I'm being a basic little bitch. I told you, you know, (laughs) I live for autumn and it's time. It's time. October, shocktober, square upon us. Hope everybody is enjoying spooky season. I'll tell you what. I think in good times in America in the last, you know, as long as holidays have exist, which are a fairly recent invention, I think. Uh, Christmas, when, when times are good, it's Christmas, right? But when times are rough, we need a little catharsis and we need a spooky season. And it is here. Um, I fully made a pumpkin spice latte of my very own to sip while I recorded this episode and put together my notes. And I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the warmth in my bones. It is 85 degrees at eight o'clock in Los Angeles. But um, we it did rain yesterday. Very exciting for Angelinos. Thunder and lightning. I was thrilled on the edge of my damn seat in my studio apartment. Uh, I heard later that there were a variety of things that I should not have done in a lightning storm, including take a bath, which, you know, fuck off lightning. I do what I want. Do not come for me, Zeus. I must sit in my tub for at least an hour a day or I'll wither and die like a mermaid on shore. Zeus would understand. He knows all kinds of part human, part animal things. That's his whole deal. So that's what's going on with me. (laughs) Um, Recently went to Portland last weekend. Uh, Shout out to everyone who supported by coming to Alex Falcone's album recording at Mississippi Studios on Saturday. Fantastic event. Uh, Great first show. Second show was a workout. We had some chatty Cathleys. um, And that's going to bring me right into... A rant again. So much gra- before I start the rant. So much gratitude again for everybody who was there and was not talking. But the rant begins now. Just a mini rant for the two drunk zombies <laughs> who chose the front row of an album recording to be perfectly uncouth. Um, they were the kind of dr- you know, and it's been so long that I've been in public again. Like I don't drink alcohol because I'm allergic, and it's just unusual for me to be around drunk people so in the front row of this show for my dear sweet teetotaling friend Alex Falcone also a non-drinker for there to be two super drunk people it totally threw me off and here I was doing stand-up you know hosting it was a precious opportunity for my friend and I felt like I was screwing it all up because I couldn't get these people to shut up heavy lifting uh, for a for a comedy host, and you know, frankly, the Mississippi neighborhood has changed so much. You know, it used to be a neighborhood for families and working artists, and now there was a very frat boy vibe to the whole neighborhood. I saw a white man wearing a cowboy hat in a completely unironic way, and in you know, two thousand five, two thousand seven. That kind of shit would have gotten you tossed out of town. You would have gotten your your indie card taken away. They would cut it up in Portland, Oregon, if you wore a cowboy hat. 
Um, yeah, it was, it really sucked to have these people ruin the dang show. And we had to, I gave them several stern warnings, very kind, very stern. Then I got Alex back up there. They wouldn't shut up for him. So we had to toss those fools and, uh, we were firm. The staff was supportive and kind and we got them out of there, but what a joke. And all this right here brings me into the pep talk actually, because ah, your girl was exhausted after hosting, and I I had a physical. After I got off stage, I you know Alex, you know I welcome Alex on stage like good luck with these guys. And there's an Instagram video of me leaving the stage. I look, <laughs> I am racing <laughs> off the stage. I had to go. It was it was rough. Um, I think I did okay. Alex was very complimentary, and he's very much fine with my performance, and that's all that matters. Um, but it was a muscle memory that came back to me uh, because I've you know I've hosted shows in unfavorable people. Sometimes you know rather people are not you know prepared. They drink too much for the night out. It happens. Uh, Hey, I remember my first beer. <laughs> no, I don't drink for this very reason because I'm not capable of keeping it together. My body simply refuses. But um, I think, you know, I'll, I'll just, the pep talk is that I will just remember how to do this. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I think we all also are remembering what it's like to be in public again. And for me, it's very draining. That's just part of my memory and part of my relearning is that I am drained. So I brought Alex Falcone onto the stage. He started his set. We bounced these people. Then Alex continues. And he was only on like minute three when we threw these people out. And he's got a, you know, a pretty good hour, like a solid hour. So then it was like I had to wait, you know, for the re- the end of the show and it was I was so exhausted I laid down in the back of Mississippi studios I let my eyes flutter closed I'm not gonna say I took a nap during Alex Falcone's album recording he might hear this I rested my eyes okay for the 10 o'clock show it was a long show. It was a long, it was a long night. Big thanks to all the um, crew at Mississippi Studios and Alex Falcone for having me and Katie Wen, who's the best and who is there and Phil Schauberger and Anthony Lopez, who was also there and Heather DeWalt. Okay. Fantastic. We've thanked everybody. I've given myself a little pep talk. I will be back at it. There will be plenty of shows where there won't be talking people in the front row. And circling back to what's happening, there are plenty of opportunities to see me not in, not with drunk people in the front row. And the first opportunity you have is on 1029 right here in Los Angeles at Crane's Comedy. Nope, that's not true. Crane's Comedy is on 1013 <laughs> per our show with Aston Wallace. See, Mercury Retrograde, she's coming for us all. Crane's Comedy, it's going to be a great show. Um, I believe, you know, Aston will be there, Trevor Wallace, and I believe Mateen Stewart's on the show. A lot of good comics. It's always a great lineup. You can check uh, Crane's Comedy on Twitter and Instagram for details on that. Also on 1029, different show, Cult Comedy. What? What's Cult Comedy, Brie Well, Cult Comedy is my newest L.A. venture every Friday night at 9.30 
9 p.m. in Silver Lake at um, the Tropical Bakery. Um, it is a Cuban, nope, Salvadorian-style bakery. Cuban-style bakery? Listen, it'll all be worked out. There's baked goods. I believe there's guava in them. So get excited for those shows. Um, that show is hosted, will be hosted by myself, Aviva Siegel, Jessica Seeley. Seeley, they've been uh, all, all friends of the podcast and former guests of the podcast. Uh, Cafe Tropical is the uh, venue, 2900 Sunset Boulevard. And yeah, we're coming back Friday, October 29th. Special guest, Adam Conover. Adam Ruins Everything. Ever heard of him? Crystal Adams, writer for The Circle. That's right. With Michelle Buteau. You're watching it. You don't know why. Well, you know why. Crystal Adams wrote for it. Lisa Chenu, friend of the podcast, former guest, and host of Who, What's Your Sign podcast, an astrology podcast, unlike this one, which is not an astrology podcast. Lisa Chenu's the best. Um, that whole lineup is freaking all-stars. And then I'll be there. And Jessica Seeley and Aviva Siegel. What, do you, what more do you want? Proof of vaccination or negative test result requirement? Boom. We got gotcha. you. So you can go ahead and get your tickets for that cult comedy right here in Los Angeles, California. All LA dates. Uh, I don't know when I'll be back to Portland. It'll probably be soon. I love it there. One more date coming at you. Uh-oh. Here it comes. It's Halloween. 1031 right here in Los Angeles. That's a Sunday. Shows at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. at Third Wheel Studios. Details coming soon. Just know that it will be costumes required, vaccines required, or negative test results. And it's going to be a freaking spooky party comedy spectacular. East Hollywood, Los Angeles, coming soon. We're back, baby. <laughs> I'm making a lot of plans, but keeping it flexible because Merc Retro is in the air. Speaking of Merc Retro, my trip to Portland this past weekend. Oh, I got to tighten this up. This is, intro is running too long. It's very heavy. But it is Merc Retro, so communications under attack. Things are Things are happening. Crazy. Things are going off the tracks. But I'm here to share gratitude because on my day that I was to uh, fly to Portland to open for Alex, I went to Burbank Airport. I had a crazy morning, insane morning. I forgot to pack. I did not do good. I did not do great. Part of it was because here's what I believe happened. The day before, I was hanging out with my friend, and we were talking about Mercury Retrograde, and I said, you know what? I do great at Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> I handle Mercury Retrograde with grace, I said, to the heavens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pointed to the sky like I was Babe Ruth making some sort of promise that I'm going to do great at Mercury Retrograde. And the universe, you know what she said? All the stars, you know what they said? They said, bend over, bitch. It's time for a spanking. You're flying too close to the sun, Bree Pruitt. And the next day, my dumbass <laughs> forgot to pack, packed in a very chaotic fashion, flew to the airport, ran to the airport, busted my ass to the airport without my identification. And I arrived at the airport when my flight was to be boarded. 
boarding at the time. Now, what you need to know about Burbank International Airport, it's not international. It's not. It's just a regular Burbank Airport is so small, beautiful, tiny, ease of getting in and out. I think me and Monica talk about this on this episode. And there was a literally no one in security. Bless, blessings all around, okay? So I marched to the front of that line, and I say to the man, listen, I did not bring identification <laughs> to the airport. Can, can we do something? And he says, do you have any credit cards? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, okay. Then he goes, ID check. I, st- I stood aside to the side for 30 seconds while five other people went through the line in front of me. And then a supervisor came over, looked at my cards, told me to put all my stuff on the conveyor belt, right? Nobody is in line, so that's no problem. No rush. No harm, no foul. Get it. Get through the metal metal detectors. And then they say, I'm red binned. So they just have to search through every single item that I have on my person. Everything. So shoes off, laptop everything they're searching through it and they're rubbing the um we don't know what that is right it's they're rubbing they put something in a machine they put some goop on it and then they or they rub it all over your things and then they put it in a machine to make sure it doesn't have I don't know bomb dust on it and what this very nice TSA agent was doing was pulling my chaotically packed clothes out of my backpack like it was normal. Like I didn't grab a fistful of underwear, a fistful of socks, right? It's like five or six different colors. He picked up a, a white sock that I had in a fit in like a group of like black and purple socks. And he's like, is this a baby sock? It's like, no, it's, it's mine. It's just different than the others. Just a chaotic white sock. I, yeah, I was just like balled up. I had a loose toothbrush for sure. Nightmare packing. Nightmare packing. And this like white blonde adult TSA agent. And I just have to say like white blonde adults. There's something about them. Like a big child. You know because because blo- usually blondes get a little less blonde as they get older. You know. But an adult that stays real blonde and isn't like you know. There's no pigment deficiency. Well there is a deficiency but it's just like. Boy, you're just, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's something childlike about them. I don't, I don't, if I find it Dennis the menace to me, like it's, it's a bit spooky and untrustworthy. So I was on edge. (laughs) He probably does improv or something. He was probably really nice, but he, he, this is like a gratitude. This is a gratitude moment. Okay. This is not a rant. This is not a pep talk. This is a moment of gratitude to the white blonde TSA agent who really wasn't judgmental as I, as he pulled out, you know, just leafed, you know, through underwear, like they, like they were coupons that I was bringing to the grocery store, you know, with his thumb, just going through all my underwears. Um, He was really trying to make me feel, you know, he said, Oh yeah, me and my wife, we always say we're going to come to the airport so early, but we forget. And I said, even you. And he said, yeah, even me. Very, very kind. But then I had to, you know, and it all worked out. I got on the dang plane. I made it, of course, open for Alex. And then on the way back, I had to do the exact same fucking thing. This time, they were a lot less careful. (laughs) 
They were a lot less careful looking. I got some, you know, cool Portland girl. And actually, they walked me to the front of the security line. They were like, no ID? All right, this way. Walked me to the very front of the security line. And she looked through my my stuff so fast. So this is a travel tip, I guess. (laughs) I mean, it definitely wouldn't work internationally. But yeah, apparently you don't need ID. I'm sure it has nothing to do with my not brown privilege and not Muslim name. <laughs> anyway, that's the uh, that's the gratitude moment. Um, okay, so gonna go ahead and pull my tarot card. Um, for you know, I always pull a tarot card for you, good and gentle listeners. So let me just share it with you right now. The, the tarot card that I pulled was the Princess of Swords, a a, a Nordic queen, a white blonde adult. <laughs> Maybe it's. Maybe it's the TSA agent. No, it's a white blonde. It's a white blonde, long-haired, Nordic-ass princess, and she's holding a sword and, you know, looking up. This is from the Rachel True True Heart tarot deck. I looked it up. You know, it's an opinionated, action-oriented person. And in a low vibe, it's a person who is kind of, like, insecure. They're very nervous, talking, you know. And then I, like, was like, okay, maybe maybe, maybe a little more... um, guidance here and so I pulled another card and I pulled the two of swords reversed two of swords is like indecision what do I do clouded judgment but it's also kind of wait and see think then act you know just a moment of pause and I love that we pulled that card because tomorrow if you're listening to this um in and around October 7th 8th I think is the new moon new moon a time to just reflect, let go the previous month, you know, clean slate, um, a good time to just pause instead of reacting or acting, um, without, yeah, with like, without, you know, as an impulse. Great, 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 great. We've addressed astrology, even though this is not an astrology podcast, you will all be taking it easy for the new moon. And yes, please be gentle with yourselves. Okay, good and gentle listeners, we made it through this intro. Big ol' intro because a lot is going on. Thank you for your patience. And please enjoy this conversation with my dear friend Monica Nevy. We'll be back um, the next coming couple of weeks, several weeks, foreseeable future with great, fabulous new episodes. And we're kicking off this run of excellent episodes with this excellent episode with Monica Nevy. And we're back. It's You Can Do It with Brie Pruitt. I'm joined today by my host, the wonderful, talented Monica Nevy. Hey, thank you so much for having me. My great pleasure. Thank you for being in the community. I love the title, first of all, because Ooh. I like a good rhyme or an alliteration. Like, I love that. So, yeah, I've, I've really milked this particular rhyme about <laughs> as far as I can go. Um, but yeah, I'm, let's keep it going. Uh, there was a, a, an idea to maybe a a second podcast where I defend criticisms. Um, and that's let's issue it with Brie Pruitt. (laughs) (laughs) This one's annoying. I can't believe I said that. Keep going with it. Okay. You know? Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, Monica, you're coming to us today from the hills of Tacoma, yes. Washington. And there are hills, yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm nestled in the hills of Glendale, California. So um, perfect. This is a, a remote meeting. Um, 
you are, we've known each other for many years as Pacific Northwest colleagues yes. and you're so funny. You're on the road a lot. You have your own podcasts. Uh, tell mm-hmm. me and the listeners how we can show up for you. Oh yeah. Well, oh God, I dropped something. Sorry. Uh, luckily, <laughs> I'm a mess. luckily everything is just my name, which works out really well. Monica Nevy.com at Monica Nevy, wherever you social media. And um, I do, I have two podcasts. One is called The Hug Life, um, which you have been a guest on. Um, It's very nice and positive. And then the newest one is called Dumb Pitches, which is the show where I talk to successful people about their worst ideas. So we have people on that have done cool stuff, a lot of comics, a lot of people who've written books or done other crazy stuff. And then uh, they tell us what their bad ideas have been, which is really fun um, and silly. It's shorter, but it's on YouTube and on all the podcast apps. And then I have two albums that I put out last yeah. year. One is called Mostly Finger Guns. It is a stand-up comedy album. And the other one is called Chill, and it is a guided meditation album. Um, but it's comedic guided meditation is what I call it. <laughs> so it's got like original music. It's actually, I'm pretty impressed with the music always. I didn't make it, obviously. Somebody else did that I hired. And then I guide you through meditations about different things. So there's one for like work stress, one for uh, family gathering, you know, whatever, a breakup, different things, but they're all like full of dick jokes. So it sounds <laughs> So I've wondered about this since you put this album out. Do people use it for meditation, do you think? Or is it mostly a novelty? I think that at first I thought it was mostly going to be just a joke and kind of a novelty and whatnot. But um, I get messages a lot from people with ADHD, which is funny because they're like, I've never been able to um, sit and meditate or listen to one because I just stopped paying attention but they're like because there's jokes in it I'm like trying to pay attention to it which did not think that was a thing and then for some reason I've gotten messages from multiple therapists that use it with um like veterans um I don't know why specifically but yeah like it seems I think because the way I pitch it on stage is like if you've always been weird about meditation you're like that's not for me that's too hippy dippy like this is great because it kind of pokes fun at it a little bit and so I think it works for a group that's always either struggled with it or been like I don't know about that you know and so stigmatized experience of meditation yeah like men or veterans that makes perfect sense to me yeah so I never I mean I did not anticipate that at all and was just kind of like I did the meditations once a month for like five years on YouTube which was just like you know like it's like two minutes just kind of a here for this month you know which was still like they're still pretty positive and you know it's just full of jokes too and so yeah. the album is just an expanded version of that so it, I mean I, I think you could use it either way basically is what yeah. it came it came down to I think some people actually really do use it and to be honest like when my stand-up album comes up on my phone or in the car or something like I'm like oh I've heard this getting you know skip that one but then if the meditation one comes up I'm like well I'll listen to this like it's actually kind of nice <laughs> that's lovely well and- it's it's because that right. I mean, you know, when we do our jokes, you do you hear yourself say it all the time for especially if it's for an album. It's yeah. been probably years that you've been saying this joke. So I know what that is. But with this, like the writing process was pretty quick. I like, you know, would sit down and be like, OK, this is the one I'm writing today. 
it would take me maybe like 15 minutes to write, then record it and then send it to the guy who did the music. So I really only listened to it probably twice before we put it out <laughs> each track because he would put, send it back to me and be like, what do you think of the music? And I was probably listening more to the music anyways than the words. So now I'm kind of like, I don't even remember what I said on this, you know? So I do listen to them if they come up. <laughs> well, I mean, by now the good and gentle listeners have clocked your extremely comforting, stabilizing voice, vocal qualities. Um, they're <laughs> well, extremely grounding. Good. They're extremely oh, grounding um, your vocal qualities. And I wholeheartedly recommend um, your albums and podcasts because I feel like the good and gentle listeners of this podcast will fit snugly in your demographic of Perfect. like gentle, oh, positive. People. I could see. Yeah, I could yeah. see them with the and they have a good sense of humor. So it's a great combo for. Yeah. Yes. Gentle. This is why we gentle. are good to be <laughs> colleagues, because, uh, yes. yeah, there is, there's a revolving door of audience uh, between us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, this is so beautiful. I'm happy to connect with you. Um, I recently did your show in, um, you had an LA show and you have yeah. shows, frankly, all over You're, You've been, you've been traveling, you've been making it work, um, with, uh, the pandemic of it all. And, um, I think maybe one day I'm going to have you back to do a reverse pep talk to you. So you can encourage me to be <laughs> as prolific and active as you are. You're an inspiration. That's so funny. And I'm glad you started this podcast because I've actually had, moments because we used to just hang out when I was in LA more and I always felt very much pepped up just better you know after we would hang and you kind of talked me down from some situations before two really stressful <laughs> stuff for me and I would talk to like you know our other mutual friends Cameron and people like that and they just had the same experience so the fact that you're doing oh. this as a podcast I think is so perfect um thank you dear uh, yeah I will answer all questions ever I just don't know if I'll do it very well. <laughs> what do you mean you'll answer all questions of this this podcast? And now if you have questions about traveling oh, and stuff, I, have I will gladly give you all the information that I I have <laughs> I have questions about you just turn over okay, so I, I have this um I have an obstacle of like creating something, deciding it's not finished, and turning the screws on it forever. Mm. And then it's like out of date or it's like I've lost my enthusiasm for it but you have this great polish release creativity model where you're like this is finished and now I send it out now I release it like I've never I don't think I've you've probably since I've known you you've had like eight album releases and like podcast <laughs> release it launches and you're you had a, a a tv series in Seattle you know and I just like I love that you're a releaser you're letting it go you're moving to the next thing you know I think I mean I've been in that situation before a lot of times where I just overthink and even when I put it out I'm still overthinking I'm like I don't know if this is ready or not but I can get trapped in that and I used to a lot as a younger person just in my normal life and so yeah. I think I really had to like do some work and go I've done what I need to do with this. Now it's up to them. And then I just let it go. And then I think it's I can the them think part. about the next part. <laughs> It's confusing with, cause you're, yeah, you're collabing. You're like collabing with pr production people and like mm -hmm. doing these Definitely. like little production, not little, but productions, investing in yourself. And um, yeah, I think it's worked out for me where 
I, cause I mean, in the grand scheme of ideas, I've had way more than I've ever actually put out, you know, because sure. a lot of them don't work out the way you think they're going to, or, you know, you thought it was a good idea and maybe it wasn't, but, um, I've had things really come together. So 80 for 80 was the documentary series that you right. were talking about. I just, I had put up a dumb video on Instagram of like, I mean, it was so stupid. It was, I think it was something in my kitchen in LA, just about, you know, like a fake diet video kind of thing. That was like 30 seconds. And then, um, uh, <laughs> I've been doing the meditations. Another guy, Ruben Rodriguez was like, Oh, I'll do the meditations. For I know you. Great. Yeah. So when I started doing 80 for 80, I had pitched it to him he was the one that was like, you should apply for grants. And so I did, we ended up getting them. And then that video, another director from the Northwest saw it was like, Hey, if you want help with like some other funny videos, let me know. And I was like, actually, I have this bigger project. And oh my so God. I got really lucky with two people that are really experienced and really good at their jobs. Yeah. And it made it look exactly the way I wanted to. And so I feel like that happens a lot with my projects. Like I was thinking about doing the meditation album and then I did this show in LA that it's like some rich dude's mansion. He had the theater in the bottom of it. And so, which is a very, that's a very LA thing, but it would be band, comedian, band, comedian, band. Like that's how yeah. the show went. And there was this guy there that was just like playing and we started talking and he was like, oh, actually I like score tv and oh, or wow. and i produced music and stuff and so i kind of told him the idea and he was like oh yeah so he's the one who did the music for the album just because we were like just talking in there i don't know i feel like i've just kind of stumbled upon the people that i've worked with and it's i've gotten really lucky in that way <laughs> so. it sounds lucky but it also sounds like openness you know and like putting yourself in these situations and the fact that you keep it moving um it's all very good um, before I ask you the most important question of this podcast, I'm going to ask you to, can you put your microphone oh, yeah, in it? It's just like whenever it touches your, um, sweatshirt. It yeah. I was noise. afraid that was happening. So that's okay. We'll do this. Okay. That okay. Yeah. Don't, don't worry too much about it though. Like, okay. okay. They can hear a little <laughs> sweatshirt and it's color. Yeah, um, okay. So human. now, God. now I ask you the question, Monica, okay. I ask every guest that comes into my studio and the question is, how can I build you up buttercup? Okay. Now, once you've asked me this, I really had one thing that kind of popped up that I think I've been struggling with the most. And it's kind of funny. I feel like you trapped me here because now you've already made me feel good about my other projects. But I, <laughs> man, I am afraid to ask for things. I am so like, I have such a problem. And that's pr most of our job. Like, you know, like people see us on stage or see the stuff that we do actually put out. But most of it all day is like sending emails and thinking of whatever, thinking of new stuff that we're going to um, put out and doing the social media crap and whatever and I like when it comes to booking I'm terrified I mean I do send plenty of booking emails but I'm I have new tapes I rented a camera for a whole weekend so that I could film six shows just to get like some new tapes <laughs> and they're good like I've had some really good sets and even now I'm like afraid that they're not good enough and I'm like afraid to send stuff and apply for things and ask for things like I don't know is this new? Is this a new, um, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, not really. I think my confidence, like it just takes a lot for me to convince myself of things. And like, 
being in a good headspace is a lot of work for me, which I'm okay with. And I know that though, like there's a lot of things that I need to do to be feeling good. And sometimes that gets exhausting because it's like, why can't I just feel confident? Why can't I just feel good? And it's not, it's never really dependent on how things are going either. Like, right. You I know, could be it's doing really well. Yeah. I could yeah. be doing really well on stage. I could be, you know, whatever. Lots of people are liking the stuff I'm making, whatever. And it still doesn't like add up in my head to be like, no, you should be able to ask for things. You are qualified to do it. You know, like people like you, you know what I mean? Like those types of things. But that's like, cause that's always something I think we joke about of people being like, whatever, like your affirmations are like, people like you, you're fun to be around. You're good at your, you know, but it really is kind of what goes through my head sometimes. Um, and I don't think I really give off that vibe that I'm like, insecure or worried or whatever um, no. and so people are often <laughs> surprised by that but that is how it like I don't know it's kind of always been like that too like I because I was an athlete before as a basketball player I really questioned myself too and I think that how that um maybe had an effect on my career a bit so I got injured but um and so I think there's an insecurity that comes from that too, of being like, I don't want my comedy career to not be, not meet its potential the way that my basketball career did. And so like, that's in my head a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. Um. No, I'm just, if I look, if I look to have concern on my face, it is because I'm a little surprised at okay. some of this. Okay. Um, because as you said, I don't think you come off this, like you're lacking any confidence in a public setting. Um, okay. and even as your friend, I have not really heard that because actions speak loud. And as I say, like you're acting as if you have valuable things to share and you've been doing it like since I I've known you for probably like almost damn near 10 years, you know, yeah. you've been doing it the whole time. <laughs> but you feel differently, but your insides yeah. are not matching your outsides. And that's, yeah. that's concerning. Um, well, the first thing I want to say is like, I hate this for you. I hate that that's the struggle. Um, and thank you for telling me and sharing it with the good and gentle listeners. I'm sure, sure this will resonate. What the good and gentle mm. listeners probably don't know is that, yeah, you like do not fit this archetype <laughs> that you speak of. Um, as I said at the intro and, and now like, you're putting out work, you know, and, and frankly, like all people who don't do stand up think people who are behind a microphone have a, you know, aversion to fear and like are not. Oh, yeah. Like fearful it's no, people. But no. we know that that's not true, which is so weird because I was like I was like painfully shy as a kid, too, and all the way through school and whatnot. And then there's something about comedy specifically that. I felt like I could do. And if I had to do like serious presentations in school, I would like kind of freak out. I had a, <laughs> a professor <laughs> who was a priest. I went to a, a Catholic school for college. Um, and I accidentally called him by his first name during a presentation once. And then just like kind of put my elbows on the podium was like, I'm sorry. I'm really nervous. I don't know what happened. Like, which, which has never happened on stage. Now I've never forgotten a joke. I've never really tripped over anything. I've never, I don't know what it is that makes it different. And obviously I'm far more comfortable speaking in front of people if it wasn't comedy now, just because we've done it for so long. But um, I, yeah, so I'm not, I don't know what it is about comedy. I think for some reason 
I just felt like that was the one thing that, that I was more comfortable with, or I felt like I could do or should do, I guess. And then just kind of make it happen. You know, I don't know, but who knows why that was your outlet, but I'm so glad that it was (laughs) because yeah, you didn't have another one. Right. So I think, I think it comes across now that I'm like, well, and I am more confident on stage for sure than I was, but that I'm because of that, because I am, I feel better up there than I normally do, I guess. But in the rest of my life and in other things, I, I am pretty shy and pretty nervous and uh, pretty insecure, I guess. The basketball metaphor is really interesting. Um, I didn't realize that your basketball career got cut short. I remember hearing about the injury, but um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't aware of that as being like um, part of why you don't play like that yeah well yeah so I I think there's a ton of stuff that I learned from being an athlete that uh really benefit me in life but also in comedy um but I had this odd like last couple years of high school where I was really highly recruited and then wasn't as much and kind of ended up at a school that was still division one but wasn't where I wanted to be and things like that and then I got hurt and it really just that wasn't where I thought my life was going to go. And so there's a part of me that still goes back and goes, well, what if I just worked harder than what if, you know, what if this was different? What if that was different? So I think I hold on to that still. And when it comes to comedy, it's like, am I doing enough? Have I asked enough? Am I good enough? Am I, you know, like, I think all those things from that still kind of resonate with me. And just from, I mean, comedy will do that to you anyways, I think just because there's so much going on at one time and there's not really a team <laughs> feeling a lot of yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So it, it, you're, you're in your own head trying to make sure that you're okay, but nobody else is really, you know, when you're on a team, which I was for my entire life before your main goal is still the same as everyone else's, which is to win. And so when we don't have a common goal, there's less of that like support. And so I just, yeah, I think a lot of those things from being an athlete, I, I just carry <laughs> the, the worry, I think, of not uh, having my career be ex- not exactly what I want, but at least satisfactory, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's... I am protective of you, um, as you know, a friend. And so like, you're being a little hard on yourself and I'm, <laughs> my instinct is like, Hey, <laughs> stop watch it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, that's like a very common like experience. I think as a woman, it's like your friends to be around your friends and be like, um, Hey, can you take it easy on you? Please? Right. This is my friend you're talking about. Yeah, I know yeah, it's you, but still, yeah, I can hear you <laughs> talking about you. And this feels, um, like vicious gossip that I'm like hearing behind your back. Um, so asking for stuff is a wonderful, um, thing to point out, um, or, uh, you know, a, 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 probably a struggle that really resonates with people. We definitely are in a profession. We're asking for stuff and like, it's funny because it's, yeah, it's not a team sport. It's an individual sport, but you really, you do need to be in community with these people to make a comedy audience to like regulate a community because we do not have HR. We do not have, um, (laughs) we do not, we do not have a payroll department often, you know? Mm -mm. So (laughs) 
there's so much work that has to do, especially for, um, you know, women and marginalized, um, folks to just, um, make sure we're being treated good, good enough and not being abused. Um, and then you, you've got career goals that you need to have other people work with you. Okay. Let me ask you this when you, okay, well, it sounds like those projects you were telling me about where the directors reached out to you first, Mm -hmm where you weren't asking them for, it wasn't like a cold call where you were asking them for anything. They reached out to you. Yeah. So that wasn't hard for you to be like, well, actually I'm working on this thing. Do you want to join me? Right. Yeah. Cause they had presented, you know, what are you working on? Can I help you with something? You know, like it, and which is, I just think the reason I think about it a lot is I think there's opportunities that I really want to get or to be in the loop about or just you know places to work and things like that where I feel like other I don't know I I let people ask me a lot and I'm trying to put myself out there more and like you know ask more but I it's just I don't know it's scary and I'm not good at the and maybe this is just to how I, like I was as a kid was so quiet and kind of that same, like, I'll just, okay, sorry. You know, I don't want to be in anybody's way and that's not my personality, but we know so many people that are the opposite of that, that are like, I will ask until you say yes. Like that's it, you know, and I'm not, I'm just not like that. And then, so I have to be like, cause I do, <laughs> I almost take it personally when I don't think anybody's ever really said no to me. I mean, maybe once in comedy, you know, it was like, I think you should wait to do this. And then I still did it again later, you know, but the lack of answer bothers me and which happens constantly. I mean, that's not, I'm not saying everyone said yes to everything I've ever asked. Obviously I would ask more if that was the case, but, um, it's the, yeah, which, so that happens a lot to the, to the good and gentle listeners, you send an email or a message. (laughs) And then a lot of times they just don't respond, which as someone who's book shows and produce shows, I get it. you. There's a lot of it you get. And even yeah. knowing that, like it still sticks in my head of like, do I really want to ask again? Because then they're just not going to answer again or whatever. Um, and the bigger things, I, I don't know. I just question myself. And like I said, with the videos or whatever, I'm like, I don't know if this is good enough. And so then I'll procrastinate, not necessarily intentionally. I think it's a a subconscious like, oh, I have this other thing to work on. And then, oops, I couldn't send that email or oops, I didn't get to it. You know, so then I really do push things off that I should have done. One thing that's really interesting to me is you're telling me you made all these great videos. By the way, you know, the listeners should know comedians, we're always chasing these videos. We always we always (laughs) have to have videos. Yes. We're always cursed by not having good videos or we like get the camera together and then someone stands right in front of it. Right. right, It's a great set set and you don't have a camera. Yeah. Oh my God. There's the best video of uh, our friend Zach Toscani doing a show um, in Portland in a backyard and my brother-in-law and nephew, who is a baby, um, walk right (laughs) in front of it and, and like, do like baby dada stuff there for like a minute and a half. And then Ahmet, my brother-in-law finds the camera. Oh, oh, oh no. it's so <laughs> funny. It's great. Um, it oh, was just man. like a, a for fun video. They didn't ruin anything. And Zach thought it was extremely funny. Um, that but funny. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you're, we're, you're chasing these videos and you got good videos yeah. and you can't enjoy that experience because it's fraught with your, you know, some insecurity stuff, but I want to point out that you, at the beginning of this very podcast, were saying that you have no problem listening to your own self 
on a meditation <laughs> album. On meditation, yeah. <laughs> and frankly, you know, I'll listen to my own podcast. I am the same way. Like I'll listen to my own podcast. I, really, I, I yeah. like it. Um, it's a good podcast. <laughs> you guys check it out. <laughs> um, so I think that's interesting that resistance is coming up when you're specifically about to send the video. Like you've looked yeah. at the video, you know, you filed it under good. It's like in your samples. Now you put it in that folder, but when it comes to push send, you're like, is it good enough? And mm -hmm. that, um, that's interesting. I mean, okay. So let's point out the macro. That's where the pep talk starts. The macro is who are you asking a lot of times you're asking men. Right. You're asking yes, men yes. in comedy. And yeah. there's a gendered um, piece of this because misogyny in comedy is still extremely rampant. Um, and, you know, it it makes sense to be afraid of men. They're violent, crazy people. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the listeners, the male listeners know that I'm I'm mostly kidding. But, um, you know, they're <laughs> the, the men in comedy have, you know, on the whole not yes. been the not the best reputation no. not the purest <laughs> gentleman no in the shire or, yeah or the most understanding of just even from a booking aspect like yes of course they have a uh, treated us great in person but from a booking aspect mm. sometimes mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. odd hang-ups for them about women that just keep us from doing yeah. stuff that we should i guess we already have a woman on the show maybe next month Right. Exactly. There's not. Oh, well, <laughs> did I ever? Oh, my gosh. Here. Here's just a, a, a real Tell me a experience yeah. in not in like, you know, because there are horror, horror stories of people on the road and stuff. And I probably keep to myself a lot because of those stories. I mean, really. But I was working in a club and it's one of these like road kind of B rooms. That's a chain. And, you know, like it's just known for being kind of a rowdy audience and stuff, whatever. And finally, they they book me, which I'm excited about. And uh, it's oh, a I, Wednesday. Now I know what you're talking about. Okay, it's a Wednesday, and <laughs> a certain uh, run of shows. Are we yes, talking about? Yes, yes, uh -huh, yes. Uh -huh. uh, it's a Wednesday. I'm uh, excited. It's a good crowd. It's ladies' night. Okay, Woo! right. And so I have a really good set. Honestly, I have a really good set. Yes. And I get off stage, and the manager was like, oh, that was pretty good. Uh, luckily, it was ladies' night, so they understood what you were talking about. I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think that if there's no women in the... First of all, there was a lot of dudes in that audience because I think they would like brought dates that were free. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and so I was like, well, first of all, you know, whatever. But I was like, what does he think? <laughs> these four women, what does he think of women in the audience that they're just like, they're not going to understand when a dude is up there or what? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. And so then I proceeded to have even better sets for the rest of the weekend. And he was like, you were the best feature we've had all month. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't because of the. For a woman. No, yeah, he didn't say that. A... But no, that's very but good. He, it was in his heart. Um... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can tell. Oh, oh god but that's the kind of stuff i think i don't know just what they've what's what's in their brains sometimes maybe they think is coming from a good place or something or they're trying to protect you but it's really not it's like just let me do trust me a just lot of times it. it's them trying to flex their expertise right yeah they're like right. oh you, you did so well because of this woman audience there was a I lot know of that because yeah this guy specifically had a lot of like oh well this room has gotten a lot better because i'm the manager now and it's you know i've done all these so he was like really protective of the room itself and so maybe that's that has a lot to do with it he's like we well, used I know to what sell chicken fingers but now we sell chicken nuggets and <laughs> 
now <laughs> this room he's rules. like i know what these bitches like yeah. uh <laughs> rose slushies <laughs> this guy is like i'm a marketing genius yeah, i'm so good at this uh, oh god yeah but it's those things too of just like i don't know for some reason some people are just some people are great about it in fact the owner of that chain of clubs has said I want more female headliners because if nobody knows the comic, women sell more tickets, which is true now. Yeah. And so I was like, that's great. But then he's got managers that are like, well, the women only understood you because they right. were here on Wednesday. And right. it's like, what? Yeah. yeah the, the owners, uh, that's interesting though, because a lot of times the owners are backwards and then yeah. the managers are actually doing some interesting stuff, um, right. which is a, another typical part of this business model. How, this business model is crazy. <laughs> um, also, I don't know model. if you know, notice me just like bow my head and say a prayer of protection for you going to these clubs because <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, early in my, in early in my standup career, I, I was like, I should get into casinos and like start doing these like, you know, rooms. I don't know why mm -hmm. I was like, that's going to be it. I had two like horrific experiences and someone was like, why are you doing that? Like, don't your, your standup will change, you know, it'll get worse. Yeah. And like, cause you'll start writing to them, you know, what casinos I always wanted to do, it's really is what I, I mean, always I wanted do to a lot do, of casinos, but well, <laughs> I'm sure. And you just weather the storm. Um, what I always want to do at a casino or a tough show like that is just sing a little song. I wish they would just, <laughs> I could sing so well. And that's so much less subjective. Just take requests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys like Billy Joel? Let's go. Who didn't like start that. the fight? Yeah, that would be yeah. so sweet. Um, <laughs> I, okay, so wait, okay. Let's just say that that was a really bad experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you have even like five experiences like that, which I'm sure you have, you know, a couple dozen at least, mm -hmm. um, it would make sense that that would be like, I don't know, just the kind of um, negging that comes with, oh, maybe I'm not so good. Yeah. Feelings. Well, and that's the thing. So that was, there had to be a disclaimer on it for him. He had to have some reason that I did well. It wouldn't, yeah. it doesn't make sense for me to just do well. You know, it had to be because women were in the audience. So then it does sometimes make you go, okay, well, did I not actually do that? Well? You know, like maybe, but cause yeah. there was still a part of me, no matter what in my brain that was like, oh, well, I hope tomorrow goes well, which is like, I know it's not because there was women in the audience, you know what I mean? No. And I knew it was not because it was ladies night, but there's still part of that me that suggestion. goes, well, shit, now I really do have to go. That do better tomorrow too because i need to prove that that's right. not the reason because oh, this guy's fucking sexist i mean ah <laughs> uh, i'm but like it 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 really tracks to me you know that somebody's negging you and then when you go to ask the next man for you know that 20 dollar spot or whatever that you right. hesitate because right and then you're like, well, put me on ladies night. Apparently that's my night. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's yeah. I've gotten, I mean, it's been almost 11 years. It's been a long time that yeah. I've been doing stand up. And so finally you go, no, I need more money. I need, um, you don't have to put, we don't have to be the ladies of comedy show. Every time I headline, you can book whoever else you want. You know, of course I love other women on the show, but you don't have to make it a special thing every time I'd work every weekend. Um, you know, these things that I'm like finally asking for, but it took me almost 11 years to, 
start doing that, yeah. you know? And it, I think that is that because you go, okay, well, if that guy thinks that women are this way or won't book me because of this, then I should just not say anything and just do whatever, you know, what, yeah. I don't know, disprove myself by being funny because that's another thing that comics do to women too, where they go, we'll just be funny. That's not, that's Ugh. not why just be funny. And you're like, no, I am. It's still that their heart is poisoned. You know, it doesn't matter how funny we are. Um, yeah. Okay. So I have a couple of magical witchcraft thoughts um, okay. because that's part of this. Yay. So the first thing is that obviously you've been in process of, of this, like asking for stuff um, struggle for a while. And you, mm -hmm. as you said, it's been 11 years, but it's still coming up. And the way you were talking about your sort of life before standup and your shyness and like um, being a part of a team and not really needing to be that like, you know, fierce individual type, you know, student. Um, maybe this is old programming. Okay. That's just kind of holdover, you know, it's like you just got to update your iPhone and it'll be <laughs> the new operating system. Yeah, you know? I need a new operating system. <laughs> uh, but it's not it's not the whole operating system. It's just like one app that it's the asking for stuff app it, right? that needs an update. And you're like going through your updates <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit, it's been like 2014 updates yeah. on this one. Yeah. <laughs> It's just probably what my website's doing now anyways, but yeah. <laughs> so it could be just a, like a little catch up that is in progress. And then maybe, you know, you'll just blink and you'll just be like, oh, I'm there. And this is not hard anymore. But one thing that might be, okay, what, okay. So it's an iPhone update, but like <laughs> these fools that are negging you um, are taking up space on your phone. So you can't update. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, why didn't this update last night? Oh, I yeah. don't have any storage space because right. these dickheads yeah, like are in my ear saying low battery like, and no storage space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that I think that this is like you are I think you are probably ready to be like, oh, I deserve a lot the way you're talking about yourself right now. Like I can headline and anybody can be in the audience and I'll do a good job. I've been doing this for over a decade. Yeah. That is like the new operating system. Okay. That is just having <laughs> trouble booting up because um, of the deep, the deep memories, right? Oh, memory. Double Ooh, memory. Double <laughs> this is a good analogy. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hate, uh, you know, freaking metaphors. It's magical communication. That's all magic it is. Really um, is. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just saying, just saying that, you know, I, I really hope that you know, we can banish, delete recently, you know, go into the recently deleted, double down on them shits, you know, delete for, forever, delete yeah. forever, um, that manager from the one run and, <laughs> uh, and the dozens of fools like him that, you know, um, and then I have a suggestion, which I've done on the show before, and somebody gave it to me as an exercise and it is to write a list of 120 qualities of Monica. Whoa, 120? Yeah, it's really long. Okay. It's a really long <laughs> list. Okay. And you write it down, and then before you send an email, you look at the list. Oh, okay. And, and so just 
Yeah. And I look at it before cruel. meetings and stuff like that. I mean, it's qualities. It's like things that are, you know, if, if you were distilled into a perfume, what the perfume would smell like, it's like the, mm. the, the most you that there is, you know? Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'll start, you know, I think of you as very loving. I think of you as very friendly. I think of you as very kind. Um, I think of you as being very, let me write this down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just copying the list. Um, okay. Chill. Does that sound? Those are good. Those are, I mean, those are things that I would okay. probably start with anyways. I, <laughs> yeah. I was Chill. just laughing because nice. I, I wrote down the word culture and underlined it. Like I was going to know what that means later, but I don't. Culture. Comedy culture, basketball culture. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> the lines didn't really help. I don't know. Magic is hard. Because um, <laughs> I'll like, oh, I have I have it. And then I it's gone. Um, culture. <laughs> what? Why? Refrew it. <laughs> I mean, okay. So what? another thing I was thinking about is right before we caught on, got on mic, um, we were talking about the sort of community culture of LA comedy mm, where yeah. there are people who um, trade mic time <laughs> yeah, in Los Angeles, you know, come do my show. I get to do your show. And you know that it's not even about how good at comedy they are. No, it has absolutely nothing to do with the, in fact, they probably didn't even send a video. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, not. so I just, um, you know, we should, no one should feel any anxiety or, or hesitancy to send our shit out when there's that kind of like, you know, prid quo, pro quo, there's. Right. Well, and I feel yeah. like I, no matter who you are in this industry, you're always going to be watching people going, well, why did they get that? Or why didn't I get that? You know, it's just a normal thing. Even if, I mean, we even do it with our friends, I think, of being like, I'm I'm so happy that you got that, but I also want that. You know what I mean? Like, those yeah. are things that happen. And those guys are just better at being like, that's a thing. Let me ask. You know, that's not like, for some reason, when I see things, I'm like, I don't know. Am I ready for that? Should I ask for that? I have to like prepare for a really long time and feel really good about what I'm giving out. When I've watched guys who have done comedy for three years go up to the booker for late night shows or they're like oh I should do a Netflix special I'm like what are you talking about you know like just the confidence there I'm jealous of people oh, yeah. love me when I say that but I'm like no I am genuinely jealous of blind confidence I like, would love I blind confidence <laughs> yeah that would be awesome I would love that like I didn't watch this movie where Amy Schumer breaks her brain and she thinks she's hot but I would love that oh yeah but in oh, but in like a more it's called I Feel Pretty. I didn't. Oh, yeah. I, she I, like falls off a spin bike or something. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, <laughs> is like underpinning the trope of like, yeah, of, of this gendered expression of confidence where women are really not supposed to be confident. We're really supposed to like, you don't know you're beautiful, you know? That yeah. Well, thing. and then I'm supposed to be submissive. And if you give me an opportunity, yeah. I need to be extremely grateful for it because you're letting me do this instead of. The way, I mean, and, and you're right. I have gotten better about it because I do genuinely feel like I deserve a lot of things yeah. and I've worked really hard. And there's certain shows where I'm like, I should be headlining this room, you know, whatever it is, where you're just like, no, I 
yeah, I, I know what I can do. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately that took a lot longer than some other people have. (laughs) We've been around, you know, (laughs) it's sort of like I, and I hear you say like, I know this, but it's sort of like, you know, it in your brain, but it's maybe not internalized, like in your body and bones yet. Yeah. 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 And that's why that fear is coming up. Right. That's part of it that I was talking about earlier. Like the work that it takes for me to feel confident Mm -hmm. is really like saying those things, believing it. And, and when the other side of that comes in, figuring out how to kind of get myself back in the space where I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. You know, I know that I can do this and stuff. Um, so it is like, yeah, a lot of work. (laughs) Sounds like you've got a good, and, and I kind of know this about you is like, you have kind of an internal dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) that's, you know, probably where this is, that's going to be really great for you because, you know, you're going to have your 120 qualities list. You're going to have this back and forth. You're going to be like, am I kind and strong? and like really great. And then other Monica can be like, yeah, yeah, I really am. And like, for you told me to write this list and Do you it. know, these guys ask for anything without having any of these qualities. So like, let's, do it. <laughs> let's get true. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I write my list. Okay. <laughs> Maybe this is what culture means. I think it is what culture means. Why I wrote it down. I mean, I want you to be fully immersed in a culture that celebrates you. Yeah, me too. Good. Because (laughs) what you're doing is going to clubs in, you know, places where people are less progressive about seeing women do stand up potentially. Yes. And I hate that for you. I know it's what you want to be doing. <laughs> I well, know it's what you want to be doing. It is true that's what I want to be doing, but I would like to be headlining all of those rooms because yeah. I can. But also then that makes that show my show. You know, it's it's about me and I don't have to be followed and this doesn't happen every time, but be followed by a guy where you're like, I was just up here and you're talking about women like that. You know, like that happens a lot when you're in the, Oh girl in Arkansas or wherever I was, but you know, like it's um, yeah, that happens, which (laughs) there's a guy that's from up here that uh, I have opened for recently who almost immediately starts shitting on female comedians right after I had great sets. And then, he says he likes me, but then he's like, but female comics do this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it was really, so that happens a lot. So when I am at the end or it's a show that I've, you know, put together myself, then I know what I'm, I know what I'm giving them. And I know like you kind of, you teach the audience, I guess, what yeah. they should be doing. And so those are rooms I do feel like, cause sometimes actually a lot of times I'll have a set in the middle that they really liked. And then the headliner will be oddly misogynistic and then afterwards they'll be like we didn't like him yeah and so I'm like yeah well then this should be proof to the club that like hey they're not interested in it either you know like it's yeah. uh fill out those comment cards ladies right yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah uh yeah I just want you to be in a culture that celebrates you more and I know that that's really rare uh damn near impossible in most corners of the country um but that's just a prayer that I have for you. Like, I just want you to be in like, you know, I want you on all female ha- lineups that are all female because 
we're better. Like not because of the audience, because people want to see us and because it's not unusual to have a, an all male lineup. So we, we know that it should not be unusual to have an all female lineup. Um, my, yeah, I, and you know, I don't think you should, you shouldn't obviously have to move or do anything different with your career to find those communities. Um, but we, you kind of do. And so I don't want to put you in that, like that you're responsible for finding a culture that is not hostile to to you, but, um, I'm just, yeah, I just pray that that happens and that you continue to connect with people who never had a doubt didn't even need to see a video because they've looked you up because you're a big fucking deal. I can't imagine, <laughs> especially near in the Pacific Northwest at all, that you'd have to even send a video, the the ridiculousness of it all. I do often like even people that I know, I'm like, I can send you a new video. And they're like, why? <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I just feel like I should. <laughs> you're just a, you're professional, you know, that's, that's true. Um, I try yeah, to be. Yeah, that's really sweet. <laughs> Um, yeah. So old programming update, it's coming like it's overdue, but it's coming. I hope that the memory is emptied and replaced with, you know, people who don't make you hesitate at all to send the email and people who get the 120 qualities of Mon without, um, yeah, without a doubt. Because you're spectacular. Thank you. So good. <laughs> I mean, and as I said, like prolific, you're putting shit out all the time. I mean, and and with a resume, you know, like the, I just can't with these people. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's part of like, I think I get a little insecure about that too, is like I have done quite a few things, but I, I've done it myself. You know, I've really yeah. made it myself and didn't. Um, which I'm proud of that most of the time, but then it's like, it is more work than if I was like a part of some big network or something, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Well, so again, you're avoiding like, gatekeepers because you know that they're going to be dickheads. Right. Yeah. That's probably true. It's informed by experience, you yeah. know? So, <laughs> yes. yeah. So I guess, okay. One thing for your internal dialogue, Monica, to remember is that this is not from nowhere. When you get a thought and you get that hesitation, you're like fingers hovering over return and you don't send the email. It's like, oh, I shouldn't feel fearful. No, you feel fearful because you've had this glut of experiences that has informed your fear. It's a rational fear. That is true. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's irrational. Fault. It's not your, 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 what you know. It's not what you believe in your head. It's your animal body that is preparing for a gatekeeping dickhead, which makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I fully believe like this is going, you're going to get onto the same page. You're going to be that dynamic, uh, you know, ask her for things. Oh, another suggestion I was going to give you is to be, uh, I'm sure you already do this. You have a form letter. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you can just bypass any emotion and just click, clack, click, clack. Yeah, I think that, the, I mean, because literally like this week I've sent my emails to a lot of bookers I already work for. 
which you don't need to like redo. They know who you are, yeah. hopefully. But then it's like, okay, I want to reach out to these new clubs or these new places. And I have that form letter and it's literally changing the video on there. It's like, I haven't done that yet. And I just need to do that. Mm. And <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. There's no reason to be worried about it. But. Irrational fears. They're coming up <laughs> because of your learned experiences. That's why. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. Okay. That does make sense. I mean, even if I hadn't already had insecurities from the previous stuff, which apparently is, is, um, still pretty near the surface. Um, just the experience with booking itself or just with the industry itself, that happens a lot. And so of course, at some point you get tired of, that's why like I'll apply for festivals like once every two or three years because I don't just want to be rejected a bunch of times or, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't need to do that. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. I do some like parenting in the comedy world. I don't go to mics that are not going to be supportive. Um, right. it, there, there used to be a thing in, when I lived in Portland where I would have a bad experience at a, at a venue and then that venue would be kind of cursed for me for like, <laughs> You're like I'm good. a year. And then I would go and then I would do something like, some ceremony and be like, okay, now I can go back to, you know, (laughs) the Baghdad or whatever and do a show there. But, um, yeah, I, okay. So we have a couple of different metaphors. (laughs) I feel like that's enough, (laughs) enough metaphors, enough magic. I gave you one resource, gave you a little bit of macro. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? I feel good. I feel, um, I, feel like there are things to do, which is good for me. Cause sometimes people are just like, no, you're fine. This is great. You're totally like, it's silly that you think that or whatever, but no, I'm enjoying that. Silly. You're like, no, this is why it's coming from. It. And then this is what something you can tangibly do to get you in a better place. I'm genuinely excited to do my list. I love writing. I like love like pen paper writing, not typing, but like I write every morning, nothing, no intention for comedy. I just write shit. <laughs> I'm doing so. uh morning pages right now and I am yeah. doing it. I'm deciding I'm I just because like I don't know, I'm I'm a child that will resist any structure and have a tantrum and be like, I'm never doing anything regularly ever again. Um you can't make me. <laughs> so I am deciding I can do morning pages when I want and I hope that mm-hmm. it's like four to five times a week. But um yeah, I do morning pages. Gentle. I have some other like writing exercises that I do. So I, which probably takes me longer than it should, but yeah, I enjoy it. So maybe a fun thing would be writing the instead of, okay. Oh, this will be fun actually. Okay. Write a letter to a booker with the actual braggadocia that you deserve. Okay. Hi, I'm Monica Nevy. I am better than your comedy club. I will. I, I see who's on your calendar. I, I see who's on your calendar. Them. I'm much funnier than them. <laughs> Looks I, like you and, need some women. <laughs> you don't book women. That's fucking sad. It's 2021. I am guessing you're a misogynist. So I'm going to include a bunch of fucking um, exclamation points in my email. And you're going to think that means cheerful. But actually, I just know you're an idiot. Like <laughs> <laughs> That would be fun. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty good. Because anger okay. is a great um, counterbalance to fear. 
Mm-hmm. And anger is more productive. Um, and yeah. anger is frankly what we should be feeling. <laughs> like we should That's be, true. should be. My burning. therapist always said that she was like, anger, you can use that as fuel though. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. If you can meet any, any fearful thoughts with anger, that that's always a good thing. Um, how are you with anger? Um, (laughs) I don't, I mean, I definitely get angry. I just don't know what I do with it, I guess. Yeah. I feel like it used to be a big motivator in sports. Yeah. Because then, I mean, that's just literal energy. So you can do that. But with comedy, it's a little bit different because if you're just angry and you're like, well, let me get on stage with this or whatever like that's not really my my vibe on stage um (laughs) no so I don't know actually I probably don't deal with anger very health healthy there aren't a lot of because of gender and stuff there aren't a lot of outlets for us to um be angry so yeah if if um if you can use it I hope you can yeah write some angry letters <laughs> all right dear that one. would be actually i like that That'd be, just, they're just gonna find all these letters to yeah. every comedy club it's like you fucking idiot yeah yeah you don't have to send them you know just uh, right yeah. yeah that's a therapeutic thing for sure yeah. i mean i've done that before when you write a letter but you don't send it kind of thing yeah of course well i mean that professional email stuff of like here let me mute myself let me make myself yeah. small let me make myself cute and like enthusiastic um, if you have any dates that might work when you're like ah, because yeah. I do that that's my biggest issue when I do Passive send voice. the email yeah. is the yeah like hopefully something if you if you think it's a good idea like just say I would like to do this <laughs> mm. so tough <laughs> well I wish you the best um this is huge and you're doing a great job it's brave work to look at it and you know I don't think that every woman comedian I think most women comedians feel very similarly and are just mm-hmm. and are just like struggling through that um and I also think that many women who have to send emails and gatekeep and communicate in a way that's you know submissive will totally understand this it's um it's pervasive yeah um, well I'm assuming it's not it's not just our energy in industry that this is these feelings are happening yeah of, of talking to people who are gatekeepers or just above you I guess at your yeah. same job it feels yeah this also this also very much resonated with me I am a person who needs an engraved invitation to do <laughs> anything um particularly social for me mm-hmm. social um engagements. I really yes. need an invitation. I know and that I, about you. <laughs> oh, good. Where's yeah. Brie? No one asked her in an embossed <laughs> invite to be I here. Mentioned, so. I've just like mentioned things before and you're like, oh, was that really it? I'm like, no, yeah, we wanted you to be here. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but now I, I'm better. Like when I texted you about the show, I was like, I know I need to be direct and be like, do you want to do this show on this night with me and these people? Oh, that's like, funny. Yes. <laughs> Previously you had been like, Hey, there's a show. And I was like, cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, That sounds fun. I'm like, no, come do this show. <laughs> oh, it's everywhere. It really is. Um, well, okay. This was great. I also think that all the good, Oh my God. Oh my God. I just forgot this whole thing which is this blessing that I'm going to give you, which is that the culture, (laughs) the culture, it came back. (laughs) Maybe I was talking about yogurt the whole time. Um, (laughs) No, the blessing is what if 
everything you want came to you without you asking for it. Oh, that would work perfectly. Like, so (laughs) you'll still have to um, make it really clear to yourself what you want, Um, but you seem to know what you want. So (laughs) I think like either a writing exercise, maybe a ritual with your partner or some friends, like this is what I want and it's coming to me. And then you don't even have to ask Nathan and Greg and Mike, <laughs> you can just, those are not people, listeners. I'm just naming names. Um, They're people, but we don't know. Yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to um, ask Richard from Arkansas um, about an opportunity because you'll just get them because they'll just be coming to you. And that's mm. the magic that I give to you. I like that. Thank you. Good. I am grateful for that blessing. <laughs> All right, dear one. Um, well, is there anything else you want to say to the good and gentle listeners? I hope this has been helpful. Um, I appreciate you being in community with me. Yeah, it has been helpful. I had a really fun time. Thank you. And thank you for listening. And yeah, if you're, you know, it, want to check out some meditation or another podcast, just find me, Monica Nevy, or come see me live and, and tell the booker that you love me no matter what I'm like. <laughs> Tell the booker, like, I actually only really like women comedians. And, yeah. <laughs> um, Please go up to a male headliner and go, you know, I usually don't like male comedians, but I liked you. So. You're pretty good. <laughs> I mean, you're okay. You're actually really funny. Um, <laughs> all right, dear one. Well, I'll end the podcast the way I end every episode of You Can Do With Brie Pruitt, which is by singing the very end of Boys to Men's End of the Road. And you can you can join in and if you want to or not. Okay. okay. I have to you start and I'll see if I remember. <laughs> and now we've come to Ooh. the end of the road. And yes. I can't let go. It's so natural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Beautiful. Thanks, Monica. <laughs> Thank you.